0: Bolt your windows and turn off the lights! Welcome to Michael Myers' Minute, where I delve into the 1978 horror classic Halloween one minute at a time. I'm your host, Robert Black. Lori is on the floor by the couch. She knows the shape is in the house. Lori, please stop. In the novelization, Lori is stuck in her head at this moment. Quote, with death near at hand, a host of crazy thoughts tumbled through Lori's brain. It was not exactly as they said, your life passing before your eyes. It was more like a random snapshots. It was more like random snapshots of herself pulled from an unsorted collection. A trip to Michigan with her father when the canoe was blown ashore by a violent, sudden squall. A two-layer cake baked with her mother and the discovery they'd made only enough icing for one layer a baby raccoon she'd kept for a pet until it tore up the den in a fit of rage. She wondered what it would have been like to go to bed with a man. She wondered who would come to her funeral. She wondered what grades your teachers gave you if you died midterm. She wondered what they dress her in for the funeral, and whether her face would be mutilated when they opened the coffin. She wondered what would have happened if she'd kept her date with Ben Tramer. She wondered what it was like to die, and to be dead. She sat at the foot of the couch almost serenely, like a condemned person awaiting execution. Beside her lay Mrs. Doyle's knitting kit. The needles. The needles. End quote. In the film, the needles come from Lori's bag, of course, and we saw her knitting with them in Minute 68. They are hers. Second two, close shot, knitting needles. Carol Clover in Men, Women, and Chainsaw's gender in the modern horror film suggests that the final girl takes up phallic weapons and is effectively phallicized when she fights back against the slasher's villain. Groundhog Day Project, Day 389. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. I argued contrary. Quote, But I want to come back to those weapons. Lori Strode's weapons, the supposedly phallic weapons she uses against Michael Myers, are a knitting needle, a carving knife, and a clothes hanger. Clover suggests the final girl meets the killer on his own terms, with the stabbing and the penetrating and the phallic symbols, but I don't think it's fair to take every penetrative object as definitively, automatically phallic. Even taking the male-female divide as a strict binary, Lori's weapons fit in the feminine side of the Venn diagram of life. The knitting needle is a feminine item, to be sure, representative of the creation of clothes, of blankets, womanly work by societal standards. For the record, by the way, I am not approving of these standards, merely using them because that is how details get into film, by being generally accepted. The carving knife, specifically, is a womanly item as well, coming from and belonging to the kitchen. Unlike, of course, the hunting knife wielded by any of the various killers in the Scream films. And the hanger, again, linked to clothing, hardly masculine. We could take these weapons as masculine because of their phallic, penetrative nature, or we could look to who these items belong, per societal standards. End quote. The script says, her hand brushes against the knitting needles protruding from her tote bag. Actually, we sort of skipped this bit, cutting from her hand inching toward her bag to the clothes shop her hand already on one of the needles. Note, there is blood on Lori's hand from breaking the glass to get out of the Wallace kitchen. Lori, please. Second four, angle on Lori, couch. The script, it says she reacts to the feel of the knitting needles and pulls one out. It is long and deadly sharp. She stares at it. Second six, suddenly the shape leaps up from behind the couch. Stinger! He springs at her, plunging the butcher knife. Second eight, angle on couch. The blade of the butcher knife thumps into the couch. And I'm of a mind to assume he's just fucking with her. No way he would miss by that much distance. Of course, he doesn't realize that she's armed. Angle on Lori. Shape. Instinctively, Lori raises the knitting needle and drives it home. Right into the shape's neck. Second nine. A window. Tops of curtains. And then the shape rises into view. Knitting needle. Protruding from his neck. From the script, The shape springs backward, clawing at the needle, rolling his head back and forth. Then suddenly he freezes. Hands outstretched. Motionless. And falls in a heap on the floor. Sort of. He takes a few steps back, grabbing the needle with both hands. Second 13, he bumps into the blinds. Second 14, he yanks out the needle, looks at it, and falls. Second 15. Second 17, Angle and Lori. Lori sits there. She takes some deep breaths. The high notes come in. The script says the shape doesn't move. Lori begins to cry harder and harder. And I gotta wonder, I gotta wonder where is the light coming from in this scene? It seems to have a line across the middle of it, like it's a bright light through a window, but there's no windows in that direction. Certainly not that high. Lori pushes herself up, she reaches for the back of the couch and pulls herself onto the couch. Second 29, close on the back of the couch as Lori rises up to peer over it, knife ready. Second 34, angle on Michael, on the floor, one leg askew. A knitting needle nearby, several inches of it covered in blood. He's clearly breathing, but I'm not sure we're supposed to notice that. There is no accompanying breathing sound. Lori whimpers. Second thirty-eight, angle on Lori. She slides down. Second forty-two, angle on couch. Lori turns around slowly at first, then drops into a very slouched sitting position. She looks at the knife. She sniffs. Second fifty-three, she tosses the knife away. She doesn't drop it. She tosses it. She wants nothing to do with it. Second 59, cut to. Exterior, street, night. Cameron moves with Loomis as he moves along the street. This wall with picket fence on top is 1351 Genesee in Hollywood. Minute 70, Loomis found his stolen station wagon parked across the street from this. He has not gotten far. As we heard from the novelization in minute 70 and will again next minute, Loomis has some evil radar going on, but it has him wandering in circles. We barely see Loomis's shadow coming into the left side of the frame. And the minute ends. That is all for Minute 81. Michael Myers Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Stock me on Twitter and Facebook at Myers Minute or Instagram, Michael Myers Minute. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a nice review if you like what you hear. Until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.